It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening or watching. I hope you're doing all right today. I want to give a special shout-out to all of our, uh, well, they're still pretty new, but all you viewers on uh Holyfield TV, we're glad to be part of Holyfield Television Sports Programming. And we'd like to hear from you. Drop us an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. And don't forget, if you want to watch or listen to the show on your handheld, make sure you download our app. It's free. Just go to uh, Fight, that's F-I-T-E, fight.tv slash Billy C. That's fight.tv slash Billy C., and download our app today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's Island, Georgia, to get a decent slice of pizza and fantastic uh, Italian cuisine. And don't forget, if you're in the WGIG listener area in Brunswick, Georgia, swing by South. Mention Billy C and get a free cannoli. Yeah, I just threw that in. (laughs) Sal loves that. Uh, And hey, if you're heading back uh, north on I-95 or if you're going south, uh, don't forget, you can go by South. It's literally a 15-minute out-of-your-way detour uh, off of I-94. Just visit the website for the address www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by FireFan. You like sports fantasy games? How about sports fantasy games for every single sport? And you can do all kinds of great stuff. And we got we got a deal for you. Hey, we can let you sign up for free and win money. Yeah, you can win money without laying out a nickel. Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the FireFan banner, which is located uh, on uh, on the right-hand side with all the other banners. And speaking of banners, sign up for Gawk Box. What is it? can save you money, plus give you stuff for free, and help us out. You want to help us out? Go create a account on Gawk Box. Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the Gawk Box banner. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by... You guessed it, my book. Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy by visiting uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why we got a five-star rating 
across the board. And uh, trust me, you'll love this book. Now, if you're getting, uh, if you like to get signed copies, visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. It's, you know, it's it's actually above Sal's uh, banner for uh, Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria. Uh, thanks to uh, uh, Sal and uh, Jeremy C. I think they cut a side deal or something. But uh, anyway, coming up in a little bit, um, we're going to have uh, Dax Khan join us a little bit later on the show. Uh, give him, give some thoughts on uh, some of the fights this weekend. Uh, the big news today was it was made uh, official yesterday. Conor McGregor assigned uh, to fight Floyd Mayweather. Uh, the deal is done. Well, sort of. The deal on Conor McGregor's side is done. Uh, as far as the fight itself, not so much. And uh, I was amazed yesterday to see on all the mainline uh, sports shows, including ESPN and First Take and everything else, these guys are already talking about the fight uh, how much it's going to do, who can do what to win, and all this stuff. And I'm shaking my head, and I'm going, what are you talking about? Joining me right now to give me uh, and you his thoughts, uh, he's a New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer. He's a Guinness Book of World Record holder. He can throw a pizza from here to the moon and back a couple of times and still cook it the right way. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, childrens of all ages, please welcome the one. The only, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sal, Rocky, Senicola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Bill. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing all right. You know, we had a big storm yesterday, and uh, it kind of blew by us. I, I mean, you know, I got some uh, some high winds and stuff like that, but man, did it rip up some stuff uh, right around us. You know, I... You know, don't mess. Remember the old commercial? Don't mess with Mother Nature. You know, it's the truth, right? I mean, geez. Yeah. You guys got hit with a couple of bad ones last year, too, down there, right? We did. We did. Well, you know, of course, we had that Hurricane Matthew that uh, really, really did a bad, uh, bad, bad display of weather. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. We had to evacuate the island. We evacuated the island. It's unbelievable. You know, when you guys had the... Uh, not to change the subject, but when you guys had that storm, for anybody that hasn't visited uh, Sal's restaurant yet, uh, you, you don't know what you're missing, and I, I highly recommend you get down there pretty quickly. But he's got this giant, beautiful tree, right? Sal, it's like growing out of your building, right? And I don't know how that lasted with that storm. I've always said to myself, man, even a, uh, you're so lucky, man. That would have taken out... Uh, Forget about the pizza oven. That would have taken out the whole whole place, right? Let me tell you, devastating. We, uh, you know, I used to sell insurance, and I had my securities license. I was with Northwestern Mutual Life. That's a little plug. I love it. Anyway, so anyway, what happened was, I well, I have the, there's another lines of insurance, property and casualty, P and C. So my my agent comes by every year. Now you would not believe the kind of policies you've got to surround yourself with in today's business environment. You've got down here, you've got, uh, you, you don't have hurricane, but you have something for a storm. You have water rising, known as flood insurance. You have water by rain. You have wind. You can't have wind and hail by a hurricane or twister. It's got to be something separate. And then every year he points out, he says, Sal, now if this tree should ever fall on your roof and devastate and knock your whole building out and, uh, 
you put you guys out of work for months. You know, he goes on and on and on. So for the premium, I say, yeah, I guess so. Throw it in because it looks like that tree is. I, I think of the of the of the of the red wolf. He's gonna huff and puff and blow the tree down. He ain't blowing that tree down, obviously. Well, I'll but tell you so, what, not that tree. But so. some, but when it does, uh, you, you'll be out of business for a while. But anyway, yesterday, Sal. Um, it came out, uh, we, we, we had been talking about it, and we knew it was close, but yesterday it was announced, uh, at least by uh, Dana White of the UFC, that uh, he's come to terms and the fight is signed, sealed, and delivered as far as Conor McGregor's side is concerned. Um, <laughs> no terms were announced or anything. Uh, I still don't believe that the fight could happen uh, because Dana White has never experienced anything like dealing with Team Mayweather uh, to get this signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, but I was amazed to see the coverage that was got you know given to this. And, and so, as far as you know, um, giving them actually giving Conor McGregor chances. You know, I mean, uh, Stephen A. Smith was uh, saying, "Oh, you know." Uh, Mayweather, you know, is is the best. He'll he's going to school him. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. But he he says, remember, Tommy Hearns was a great fighter, and he was fighting a, a brawler in Iran Barkley, and he was schooling him. And all of a sudden, Barkley comes out of nowhere and knocks him out. And he was uh, alluding to the fact that Conor McGregor is a seek and destroy type fighter, and was actually trying to make it like it was going to be a competitive fight, which I don't think it would be. Um, my question to you is, for, I know how you feel about it, but do you think that Floyd is going to actually, uh, you know, give them terms that are, that are, that are you know, reasonable, workable terms uh, and, and get this fight done? I mean, do, do you think, forget about all of the, the stumbling blocks we've talked about and the biggest one that I have, and, I, and the first, I'm going to be the first person to reach out to the Nevada State Athletic Commission if the fight is indeed in the state of Nevada, if they approve the fight. And, and I'm going to want reasons why. Uh, so aside from the fact that a 49-0 and 0 guy is fighting a pro debut, do you think Team Mayweather will make um, you know, their terms agreeable? Will they, will, will they be realistic for Dana White and Conor McGregor? No, I doubt they will. They'll be workable, but they will not be agreeable. And don't forget, this is an elitist fighter out there in uh, Floyd Mayweather. And uh, he views this in his position and his his world that they need him more than he needs them. And uh, even though it could be a mega fight, a mega display, a mega whatever you want to call it, mega f a circus, I, I don't know. It's going to be pretty much, I bet, predicated on Floyd Mayweather's terms. Where it is, the size of the ring, the gloves, the everything. You you watch. Um, and, you know, I, I think if McGregor wants it, he's going to concede these things here. And uh, Floyd, being the elitist he is, is going to demand things that, that are going to be almost impossible. But, again... This is something bigger than what uh, what we can imagine right now. And um, McGregor may concede to some things. Uh, will they be in uh, Floyd's favor? Of course. But uh, will it res have a certain result that, that it's going to favor Floyd? Of course, that's the end goal. But, you know, he, he, McGregor's always he, – he always will have a puncher's chance. And if he's that kind of aggressive guy – 
And if, if uh, don't, you know, he's going to probably, even with the boxing rules in effect, he's going to ask for permission before he asks for, uh, per, uh, he's going to ask for forgiveness before he asks for permission if he should throw an elbow or, or sweep a leg or do something. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? That's why it could be exciting. But uh, you will always give an opponent a puncher's chance. And if this guy can land, if he's an animal, if he's going to charge the ring like a bull and, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. You know, the thing that, let me ask you this. Go money. Ahead. Let's talk about money for a second. Money, money, and, money. And, and, you know, here, the news, and both of these teams, you know, Team Dana White slash Conor McGregor and Team Mayweather, are experts at manipulating the media and the fans, okay? Absolutely. So, so, so you know, we get this announcement. They're talking about it on mainstream uh, sports uh, networks and what have you, uh, you know, given, uh, you know, starting to break down the fight and everything, and, and Floyd isn't close to, to signing. We haven't even heard the terms or anything. Uh, of, no. of uh, First of all, the signing was the agreement between the UFC and Conor McGregor. That, I mean, so... So the, the point is this, you know, I just asked you, um, you know, if, if they would even come close to agreeing with, with whatever terms Mayweather's going to throw out. And we all agree that Mayweather's going to have some crazy uh, rule, you know, uh, options that he's going to want. But from, a, from Conor McGregor's perspective, He's already cut a deal with, with Dana White. I, there's no terms have been disclosed, so I don't know if it's a dollar figure, if it's a percentage figure, whatever the, the, the deal is. You know, isn't he at this point saying to himself he's going to make more money than he could ever make in the UFC and he doesn't care what Floyd asks for, give it to him. If he wants the gloves, the ring size, the, uh, the location, uh, the split, uh, you know, all of these things, does it really matter to Conor McGregor, I mean, here's a case where the UFC, a league, has cut a deal with one of its entities, in this case a fighter, and his his money's kind of already set. And and does he have the mindset, well, hey, I'm going to get what I get, I, I don't care about anybody else, or does he get caught up and start hearing numbers being thrown around, then all of a sudden feels that he's, he's being ripped off, that he could have gotten more? I mean... What's going through his mind, in your opinion? Right now, after the fact, that may happen when everything is signed, sealed, before they deliver. However, going into this, right now, he is doing just what you suggested. He's looking at the ultimate payday that he's, he's, he's entitled to, he's facing, he's in, uh, being teased along with. So it doesn't matter. As long as there's six figures in there, he knows he's not going to generate that kind of money no matter what he does in the UFC. And I think that uh, fighting Floyd Mayweather is going to give him an opportunity to achieve the monetary status that, that he would otherwise never realize. So I think that's going to be a big relief and, uh, and satisfying uh, thing in his mind. Um, and you know what? If he is a warrior... Like I said, I love going to, uh, when I was younger into someone's favorite uh, backyard and, uh, and boom, beating them up or something and, and, and winning and taking everything and running. And, uh, and that's his mentality. It's got to be his mindset because it's going to be on Floyd's terms. And the thing is, if he can keep in mind, hey, guess what? I'm making millions. 
I'm going in there. I'm fighting. This is going to be all eyes on us, and uh, it's not going to matter for him. Uh, he's going to do that. He's going to have a pit bull mentality. He's going to have the blinders on. And like I said, when the dust clears and he wakes up, ah, maybe he'll say, you know what? I sold myself short. I could have done this. I could have done that. But the bottom line is no. He'll concede what he can concede and give it to Floyd just to get the opportunity, get the big payday and everything else. And I, that's what I feel. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that are uh, going into this fight that haven't even been discussed uh, in terms of how it's going to be logistically and stuff like that. I'm going to bring some of those up. We're going to take a short break here. I'm going to bring some of those up here in a second, Sal. Uh, then we got uh, some fight results from last night. Uh, we got some updates on on Miguel Cotto. You know, we we talk about divas in boxing, right? Miguel Cotto's. <laughs> You know, him and him and Andre Ward, I, I still believe Andre Ward's the biggest diva in boxing, but Miguel Cotto uh, is right there next to him. Uh, then, then we're going to break down and give our predictions on the big fights this weekend, uh, specifically uh, uh, Crawford Diaz and, and, and Davis Walsh. Uh, those are the ones I, I'm going to break down. I'll give my predictions on all the fights, plus another fight that uh, means a lot for the Cruiserweight division that's kind of flying under the radar. Uh, we'll have Dax Khan join us in a little bit. All of that stuff uh, is coming up uh, in uh, eh, in a little bit, but we're going to take a short break right now. Uh, we'll be back uh, uh, in, I, I'm going to predict, two minutes. So we'll be two right minutes, back. Two minutes, you got it. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching. Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us today, and uh, uh, we're glad uh, we're with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Don't forget about uh, checking out our website, especially on your uh, handheld, www.billycboxing.com. Uh, I'm here with uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, and uh, some of the other things I, I wanted to throw out about the potential uh, uh, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather fight. Remember something. You have th- this fight from what I understand, would be pretty much promoted uh, mainly by the UFC. Uh, yes, Mayweather promotions will be involved, et cetera, et cetera, but the UFC uh, is like uh, one of the driving uh, forces behind it, and they have their own pay-per-view. So so right off the bat, an agreement's going to have to be made because Floyd Mayweather is, is associated with Showtime pay-per-view. So right off the bat, there's going to be an issue there. Uh, we have the money split. There'll be an issue there. Um, not the Conor McGregor side. He's already agreed to that. So you, you got a couple of uh, issues that have to be overcome. Then, you know, for them to come out and say that they have a fight signed, sealed, and delivered uh, without even a location, uh, you know, the, like I was saying the other day, I mean, with the way commissions work, Sal, you got to request a date uh, first. Then you have to, you know, propose the fight, and they have to approve the date, the fight, and all of that stuff. I mean, I, I still predict that this fight won't happen. And, by the way, 
most of the people that I've talked to, unless they're MMA fans that are just young, blind fans that just love uh, the, the, their sport, which I, I give them credit for, most knowledgeable boxing people don't give Conor McGregor any kind of a chance. So, so my question basically is who's going to pay for this? You know, they're talking about, you know, exceeding and, and coming close to Mayweather Pacquiao, four points, whatever it was, six million buys. I don't see it. I, I see a lot of people that are still pissed about that particular fight and how anticlimactic it was. And this is going to be no different, Sal. You know? Well, Sal, uh, I, I lost Sal because uh, uh, I can thank uh, my man uh, Dax for that uh, because uh, he uh, uh, had a uh, uh, called in and tried, when he wasn't supposed to and knocked my man out of the... Uh, uh, knocked him uh, out of our uh, loop here. But uh, nonetheless, um, we got uh, my man Sal uh, uh, back here. You know, let me guess. You answered when Dax called, right? I didn't touch anything. No, I swear. You, oh. I, it just dropped. I didn't even know Dax called. Oh, oh I didn't okay. Don't, don't play. I, don't be sticking up for Dax. No, don't I, be sticking I, up I for Dax. No, Dax was on. Anyway, Dax so, I, I, you know, eh, you missed the question. So we're going to move forward. Um, uh, well, no, I mean, I just think that there's a lot of other tangibles involved. I still don't think the fight will happen. I still think that if it does, I don't know if a lot of people are going to... Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that refuse to pay the money. What do you think? Yeah, it depends. If they're going to ask for $120, uh, yeah, it's going to be a rough one to, to, to buy on a lot of levels. But you'll see a lot of the guys getting together, playing parties. Hey, let's get together. Let's do this. Let's chip in. Let's buy this. It'll it'll happen if it happens, Bill. It'll happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, if, if it, it rains, if it's, gonna it, happen, it's, it's, it's gonna that's happen. sort of like if it rains, it's gonna rain. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, some fights last cool. night. Some fights Go that ahead. took place last night uh, in Arizona. Uh, Diego De La Hoya improved to eighteen and zero with nine knockouts when he scored a ten round uh, unanimous decision over Eric Ruiz, who drops to sixteen seven and one. With six knockouts, the way the judges saw it, uh, two of them had it 100 to 90. The third had it 99-91. When is this kid going to step up? I, I I see that he needs a lot of work, but um, you know, I I guess I guess Ruiz wasn't a bad step up, but I think it's just showing us that he's a long way off. You know, so anybody that's rushing him into a, a major fight, slow it down because uh, this kid is a, a long way away. Uh, from uh, fighting a top guy. In the super middleweight division, the co-main event, uh, Demetrius uh, Ballard improved to 17-0 with 12 knockouts when he scored a 10-round unanimous decision over Adrian Luna Flores. Uh, with all due respect to both fighters, Flores was a late substitute in this one. Uh, Flores drops to 20 wins, 5 losses, and a draw. Uh, the way the judges scored that one, uh, 97-92. And two of them had it a lot closer, 95-94. And by the way, uh, Demetrius Ballard dropped uh, Luna down uh, in uh, the second round. So uh, those those two scores that were uh, only off by a point included the knockdown. So uh, what does that tell you? You know, uh, uh, maybe a big Meech uh, Ballard uh, needs to get a little better himself. Um, some other news, Sal. Uh, we got a couple of divas in the sport, uh, the two top divas, in my opinion, Andre Ward and this guy, Miguel uh, Cotto. Uh, according to multiple uh, reports, 
Uh, Miguel Cotto uh, has uh, walked away from Rock Nation. This is another situation where a fighter does not fulfill his contract. If you recall, Miguel Cotto uh, was a warrior, and I loved Miguel Cotto. Uh, but, you know, he, he changed. He, uh, like uh, so many other fighters, wanted to try and copy Floyd Mayweather's success by calling all of his shots and picking his opponents, etc., etc. Uh, it was reported that he was uh, uh, in camp training with Freddie Roach, uh, for a fight that was uh, tentatively scheduled for June 24th, no one had heard about it, uh, against uh, Yoshirio Kamagagi. Uh, and uh, according to uh, reports, Miguel Cotto said, well, I never signed for this fight, and walked out of camp. Uh, as a result, uh, he's parted ways with Rock Nation. If you recall, he, f he signed a three-fight deal with Rock Nation, reportedly worth $50 million plus a record contract. Uh, and... Uh, He's only fought two of those three fights. One of them was against uh, Daniel Gill, the other Canelo Alvarez, and this would have been uh, another, you know, Daniel Gillish type show. What's your thoughts on Cotto uh, not living up to his contract and, and walking away, walking out of camp? I, what's your thoughts on this, Sal? You know, the prize always has to be worth the price, and uh, you could go back to the old adage saying contracts were made to be broken, but the bottom line is no, they're made to be fulfilled. And the bottom line is that's why you put them in place. Uh, I think I think it's just what you're looking at. Here's a here's a guy who, you know, is a, is a, is off the cuff. He'll he'll do whatever he, he feels he wants to do, no matter what uh, uh, direction the wind's gonna blow. I, I just think you know I think. It's, any any athlete that signs a contract, the time to negotiate is before you sign the contract. That's right. If if the if the contract isn't what you like, you don't sign it. You know, unless somebody's got a gun to your head, which I hope that's never the case. But you don't sign the contract. End of story. You know, these guys that sign a contract and then once they're in it, and I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, Miguel Cotto or, or any other fighter, any any athlete that signs a contract. Football, I think baseball, I know. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they, they decide, oh, it's not good for me. It's not good for me no more, you know. And then uh, and then they, they, they want to hold out or they walk away or, or something, you know. And, and what's even worse is sometimes, um, you know, they go to court and, and like the Canelo Alvarez situation, you know. People forget, you know, he kind of he kind of screwed a, a, his first promoter, and he went to court and lost, and he still hasn't paid the guy, you know. So, um, you know, it's 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 not always uh, it's not always cut and dry. But uh, personally, I think that uh, Miguel Cotto, you know, his career very well might be over. Sal, what do you think? Well, I think you know it's been taking that that little dip, and uh, I, I mean he's been around for a long, long time, and he's been there he's done that he's been in a lot of ring wars and uh you know if, if he can't get a top-notch uh fight or title fight or or elimination fight or something that uh, that that's gonna propel him on, in the limelight he's still in the limelight i mean I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him um he, he can have all those things but you know maybe his best days are behind him and maybe his best uh uh, moves will be to, you know, maybe have one or two big fights and then get out. I don't know. He said he said he was going to retire a couple of years ago. That's the joke know, of it so all. You know? But uh, anyway, let me get you guys caught up on some sports scores. Then I have a pretty interesting email from my man, Mitch. 
um, which we'll get to after the break. And then uh, we'll break down and give you our predictions on the uh, at least two of the major fights for this weekend. And then we'll have Dax Khan uh, calling in uh, right around 9 o'clock. So uh, uh, here's uh, what we got going on uh, right now, or maybe uh, maybe 9.30. I don't know. Yeah, 9 o'clock for Dax. Um, in the NHL playoffs, uh, we got the uh, quack-quack Ducks. Beat the Predators. The Ducks were uh, big-time underdogs in this game uh, last night. They beat the Predators 3-2. to two. Now, that series is tied up two games apiece. There's nothing like playoff hockey, you know? I mean, uh, I'm not a big hockey fan, but when the playoffs come, all bets are off. These guys, uh, they really put on a show, like the NBA. I mean, you know, all season long, you look at, um, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers and uh, LeBron James, and they, it was like mediocre. And then as soon as the playoffs happened, bam, you know, uh, LeBron shows up and everything. Now, uh, uh, there was no uh, NBA action last night, but there was some Major League Baseball action. A lot of teams uh, travel on, on Thursdays, get a day off. Uh, but there were many games, and I'll give you all the, the scores right now. The Pirates beat the Nationals 10-4. to The Tigers beat the Orioles 6-5. to The Rockies and Twins had a doubleheader. The Rockies won the first game 5-1. to the Twins took the second, two to zip. The Rangers beat the Phillies eight to four. The Cubbies over the uh, Reds nine to five. The Brewers beat the Padres four to two. The Blue Jays beat the Braves nine nothing. The A's over the Red Sox eight to three. The Mariners over the White Sox five to four. The Dodgers beat the Marlins seven to two. And the Yankees, thank God, finally lost the game. The Royals beat them Easy. five to one. So uh, that's what took place. Uh, in uh, Major League uh, Baseball and hockey uh, last night. And, uh, Sal, uh, we're going to take a short little break here, but I got an interesting email uh, from my man Mitch, and it's pertaining to some of the things that we were talking about. And, and the email is actually going to be a good uh, segue into us giving our uh, breakdowns and predictions uh, on uh, two of the major fights scheduled for this weekend. And um, it had to do with uh, the fact that Javonta Davis apparently listens to Floyd Mayweather over his corner. And uh, Mitch was able to uh, back that up with some uh, video facts uh, that were uh, pretty interesting. And uh, this isn't something new. This was uh, going on uh, in some previous fights. Uh, you know, my big question is, why doesn't Floyd just train him? You know, I mean... Uh, if that's the case, I mean, it seems like it's going to be a distraction. Uh, and, you know, when you have the trainers starting to yes Floyd to death, too, I mean, Floyd should just come and, and be a trainer. You know, I mean, uh, it is what it is, right? But, uh, hey, Sal, we're going to talk about that email, and uh, we're going to talk about some other stuff, uh, I would say, uh, in two minutes. So uh, uh, don't go nowhere, because uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad uh, to be with you today. And uh, don't forget about getting a copy of my book. That's right. Tom Molino from Bondage 
to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now. Go get it at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. I'm here with uh, Sal Rocky uh, Senecola, and he's not paying attention on his phone, as you all could see, because uh, we threw the camera on him. Hey, see, oh, we, thank we, you very much. we 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 got you. Well, you should pay attention. Out. You know, this I is did. serious business here. This isn't a big game for everybody. I mean, and come no, on. I wasn't rolling any dice or gambling. Anyway, or else. I'm right a here. Anyway, we got an email, so check this one out. So, uh, this one's from my man Mitch. He says, uh, "Okay, Billy C." Uh, I got a long email for you, but uh, you'll uh, appreciate it. He says, uh, you and Sal mentioned uh, that Tank Davis, and he's calling him Tank Davis because he doesn't want to keep typing out Javonta uh, Davis. So he says, Tank Davis could have been pulling your leg about listening to Floyd and not his corner. Uh, he says, but uh, I've got some video to prove he wasn't joking. Um, he says, uh, uh, first, you made two great points uh, the other day, and uh both of them are true. So the first one is about, uh, um, you know, the the Davis listening to Floyd. He says, uh, I'm going to, like I just said, I'm going to use a tank for Javanta since it's a long. He says, uh, here's a video. And he gives me time to look at the video. And during the video, uh, Davis actually totally ignores his trainer and listens to Floyd in between around. Now, this was this was a fight. This wasn't sparring. This was a fight. Uh, and then uh, you fast forward to a later round, and again, his trainer's talking to him, and uh, Davis is ignoring him and looking at Floyd, who's not even in the corner. He's, uh, you know, uh, he's kind of off to the side, and Floyd's yelling instructions, and uh, um, Davis is ignoring his trainer and listening to Floyd. Uh, then when you go uh, to the following round, uh, Floyd really uh, disrupts the corner, and uh, this time, he's uh, out of his seat, and he's standing right behind the uh, uh, trainers, uh, giving instructions to Davis. And uh, Davis is not even looking at his corner, and Floyd's uh, uh, listening to him. Uh, then when you go to the, the following round, uh, you know, uh, the, Davis is not only looking at him, but his corner starts listening to him. He says, you can't even make this up. Uh, he says, uh, uh, it's crazy. Uh, his uh, he's not only has Davis as a student, but now his trainer is listening to Floyd. And then uh, Floyd says something to Davis. Then uh, Davis's trainer says, "You're he's right. Listen to him." Blah blah blah. You know. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, the commentators that are doing it start saying Floyd is telling him to throw more shots, and they're 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 even following suit, right? So I mean, it's 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 a joke, right? Um, and then uh, uh, he goes on to say, uh, uh, you know, uh, when he was uh, after the fight, you know, the, the kid knocked him out. After the fight, Floyd is standing there. His corner and the rest of his team is behind the scenes. And uh, when they asked uh, uh, Davis, uh, uh, you know, how he uh, won the fight, he says, and I quote, uh, I was listening to my corner, you know. <laughs> and uh, Mitch is saying, you can't make this stuff up, man. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, then he goes on to say uh, the second issue that we mentioned yesterday, Sal, was that we felt that uh, Floyd would never want to play uh, a backseat uh, to a fighter, and that's why maybe he would never make a, a good trainer, uh, not so much for his uh, talent and, and teaching abilities, but because of his uh, the E-word, as Mitch uses here, ego. And uh, once again, 
He says there was some articles written. Uh, Javante was starting to get into the limelight, and Floyd seemed uh, to get a little bit upset. He said uh, that uh, Davis should move out to Vegas, and Davis at that point said no. Uh, a week later, Javante uh, uh, Davis, which was supposed to get a world title shot, this was prior to his shot, uh, the fight got canceled, uh, and all of a sudden uh, there's a story uh, out uh, that uh, – uh, you know, uh, is mentioning that the fighters don't respect Floyd and are not listening to him, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then uh, all of a sudden, um, you know, he's back. And uh, he says, uh, you're right about the ego. He says, you could have all the money uh, in the world, Floyd, except you worry about petty stuff like this because your ego can't handles, handle others being successful and in the limelight. He says, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a joke. Uh, he says, uh, all good things will come to an end. Um, what's your thoughts uh, on the email, Sal? I mean, uh, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, Javante Davis clearly uh, uh, focusing on listening to Floyd. And, I mean, you know, Floyd's successful. I mean, it's not like he's listening to a guy that doesn't know what he's talking about. But what does that do to a trainee? What does that do to a team? And then, you know, when you sprinkle in the fact that, you know, Floyd's never going to let somebody get bigger and better than him. What do you think? And that's true. And, you know, like like I was saying yesterday, Floyd's comments, his guidance, his input uh, will overshadow the corner in Javonta Davis's uh, mind. And here's why. Javonta Davis is aligned with the a legend. Floyd has taken him like a protege. And whether he has his uh, own agenda and goals with that whole thing, that's only Floyd uh, that, that, that can tell and that can uh, understand what, what he wants to achieve with this al alignment, if you will. But the bottom line is, Javante Davis in the corner, he's got his guy with the water bottle, his cut man, his rah-rah, he's got everything else. It doesn't matter what they do or what they say if he has more confidence in Floyd Mayweather. And that's the bottom and that's the end result. If he has confidence in Mayweather, and Mayweather is his antidote to, to, to feel good, to feel confident, to, to feel that he can listen to his instructions, and uh, Floyd's going to guide him in the right path, I like some, that's what I'm telling you. A fighter has to have confidence in the people around him if he's going to listen. And uh, Javante Davis obviously has a lot of confidence in what input Floyd will suggest. And uh, until it proves to be different, that's going to be his number one shout is going to be, or his ear is going to be receptive to that number one voice, and that's going to be Floyd Mayweather, no matter what Floyd's own agenda is behind that. Yeah, but the, 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 the part about this that is dangerous for a fighter and where Floyd is actually making it worse, yeah, first of all, you've never seen, the, the funny thing is you never saw this with Floyd. You know, Floyd's corners were always calm. Even though, you know, he kind of, you know, was calling the shots. It's, you know, there was, it was always calm in the corner. And Floyd, uh, you know, he, he doesn't practice what he preaches. You know, he tells these guys, oh, you know, you know all the rumors we heard, you know, they fight at the gym, the, the, you know, these dr uh, sparring sessions that are, you know, knockout, dragout fights, something Floyd would never do. He tells fighters, oh, go in there and throw more punches, you know, be more aggressive. Floyd would never do that. He, he doesn't do it. You know, I saw a comment. A guy doesn't listen to the show anymore. Uh, he says, uh, basically, 
he was telling me that I don't know Floyd. Floyd, he says, uh, Floyd's been knocking people. Everybody, the way his, his word was, was Floyd's been knocking out everyone they put in front of him for 19 years, right? And he says, I guess you don't know that, right? Well, you know, I, my comment is this. I guess you don't watch any of Floyd's fights because when was the last time he knocked anybody out, number one? And number two, nobody puts any fighters in front of Floyd. Floyd cherry picks fighters that he wants to fight. You know, so uh, fighters win a lottery to fight Floyd. You know, the, the truth of the matter is, is this, Sal. All fighters that become successful, all athletes that become successful, not just fighters, at some point, their own ego is going to take over. And they're going to think that they were uh, or either that they are better than everyone else or they don't need to learn anymore or something. I mean, it's a natural evolution. And at some point, Javante Davis, in his case, if he starts being successful, he's going to think that maybe he's better than Floyd. Or, or you know, and Floyd is going to all of a sudden, in his mind, be holding him back. I, that's what I see. I mean, very few fighters stay humble. What, what's your thoughts on that? It, that? That is a scenario that may materialize. It could happen. You know, right now, Javante Davis looks at Floyd as a legend, as a as a, an alignment that this guy is taking the time, and this guy wants to see me become great, this guy wants to see, you know, and, and he's going to listen to him, like I said. Uh, but you're also correct in assuming that Floyd will never want to have somebody upstage him and uh, become a better marketing tool than he is himself. So, I don't know. It is what it is, you know. The guys, the guys had a reign of success right now. He's got the Floyd in his ear and uh, in his corner, and if that's what gives him the confidence to go out there and do what he's got to do, and some of the comments may be helpful or not, you know, I, I'd say let him ride that horse and let him be a man and decide where, where he has to go later on in life. Leave Floyd's women out of this. Come on, he's been riding plenty of horses. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's talk about the big fights this weekend. Uh, but first, there's a, there's a fight uh, that's taken place uh, uh, on Saturday in the cruiserweight division, and um, it's uh, taking place in Poland. Um, I, I'm sorry, uh, it's taking place in uh, Monaco, uh, but it's uh, featuring uh, the Polish fighter uh, Krzysztof Lodzarek. Uh He's a former uh, world champion. As a matter of fact, this is the guy David Hay ducked and left the division uh, so, you know, I've always called David Hay a fraud, not just at the heavyweight. Uh, he uh, ducked uh, the top guy in the cruiserweight division as well. But uh, uh, Christopher Lodzarek, who's no spring chicken, record of 52 wins, three losses with 37 wins coming by knockout, is fighting Noel Gever, who's undefeated 22-0 and 0 this Saturday uh, with the winner uh, going on to fight the current uh, IBF world champion, uh, Murat uh, Gassiev, who's 24-0 uh, and 0 with 17 knockouts. Um, and, uh, uh, I, actually the, the fight, um, is, uh, um, I, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm wrong. The fight, I'm not sure where exactly the fight is this weekend. I, I think it is in Poland or Germany. It's in one of those two places. Uh, I don't have it here. Uh, but the Monaco fight is actually the winner of this fight. Not only is going to be the mandatory uh, opponent from Murat Gassiev, but also uh, will be involved in the uh, tournament, the uh, cruiserweight tournament that's taking place in Monaco, uh, where uh, the winner of that 
wins uh, a ton of money. So big fight in the cruiserweight division. I love the cruiserweight division, and uh, I certainly hope that uh, uh, we get an opportunity to watch it some way, some uh, shape or form. But let's jump to uh, uh, the fights this weekend. We will start off uh, with uh, the uh, the Javante Davis uh, fight, uh, since we've been talking so much about that, against Leon Walsh. And uh, we talked a little bit th- about this fight yesterday, Sal. And, um, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I, I think Javante Davis has uh, a, 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 a lot of talent. He's currently the IBF World uh, Junior Lightweight Champion. Uh, he is uh, only 22 years old. He's ranked at number 10 in the world by the computer. And uh, he's 17-0 and 0 with 16 knockouts. Uh, which gives him 94% KO ratio. Now, of his 17 fights, like I said yesterday, I, I give him credit. I mean, I give him credit for all the wins, but two of the fights out of, out of 17 were against uh, um, above-average competition, but the other 15 were below. There was no in-betweens uh, with this guy. With this guy. Um, he, they were all uh, uh, either uh, below-average or above average. And the two guys that I give him credit for, Sal, was first uh, Cristobal Cruz, who he fought in uh, October of 2015. And Cristobal Cruz, his best days were long behind him. And he actually stopped Cruz. And that shows you one of two things. Either uh, Javante Davis is uh, uh, real, real good, or what I think more is that Cristobal Cruz was totally shot by the time he fought him but nonetheless you got to give credit what credit's due and Javante Davis beat uh Cristobal Cruz now he followed that fight uh with a couple of uh uh good performances uh against mediocre opposition like Luis Sanchez 17-4-1 Guillermo uh, Avila 16-5 and and uh Mario Antonio Macias who he knocked out in the very first round 28-18 so really he wasn't tested uh, after uh, a big test, in my opinion, against uh, Cruz. But then he fought, and he earned his shot at Jose Pedraza, uh, who was undefeated and uh, was, uh, you know, had a huge height and reach advantage over Davis. You know, no disrespect to Davis, but Jose Pedraza did not fight the right fight. He did not utilize his height and reach advantage, and subsequently... Uh, he fought Davis's fight. Davis looked fantastic in this fight, Sal, and he ended up stopping Jose Pedraza in the seventh round to win uh, the uh, the world title. Um, now he's a southpaw, like we said yesterday, uh, and uh, he steps in with another southpaw, Leon Walsh. And Leon Walsh, he's uh, going to be going into this fight uh, with a nine-year age disadvantage. He's nine years older. Uh, but he does have a one-and-a-half-inch height and reach advantage, which I'm not so sure will come into play. Uh, no. That does not uh, seem to bother Davis, as he proved in his last fight against uh, uh, Jose Pedraza. The computer sees uh, Leon Walsh at number 18, so he's 10, uh, I'm sorry, eight spots below Javante Davis. Um, although I don't believe that Leon Walsh has faced anyone of the caliber of Jose Pedraza. I do believe he's faced a lot more tougher opposition throughout his career. He's got some wins over Scott Harrison, Gary Skykes, uh, Andre Kilimov, Andre Kilimov in his last fight. 
you know, uh, he fought uh, uh, Troy James, which uh, is a tough guy. Joe Murray, he fought a couple of times, who's a tough guy. I think he fought tougher opposition, but not as good as Jose Pedraza. Um, so when I look at this fight, I, I look at Leon Walsh. He's the hometown guy in the UK, Sal. We always know how these guys uh, are in the UK. Uh, the fans, uh, something Davis has never been subjected to. I think Walsh is, um, you know, prepared for the fight. Uh, he actually uh, let his uh, child be born while he was in uh, camp. He's been uh, totally consumed with winning the fight. Uh, so mentally, he's prepared. Uh, physically, he's prepared. When you come to the talent, you know, it, it always brings me back when I look at a fight like this to my favorite essay written by Jack London. It's called A Piece of Steak. And it's about basically youth versus age inside the ring. And uh, in this case, even though I think Leon Walsh has a lot of things going for him, uh, the one thing he does not have going for him is father time. And I think Javante Davis can overcome some uh, of the uh, talent of Leon Walsh that he's going to face and uh, because of his youth and as long as he's uh, doesn't get too confused with instructions coming from Mr. Fayweather and uh, you know instructions coming from his corner I'm picking Javante Davis to win this fight and uh, I have high hopes for Davis I hope he stays on the uh, straight and narrow and doesn't get uh, too much caught up uh, into uh, the hype, which uh, seems to be happening now. I hope he gets grounded. Uh, maybe even uh, get beat up a little bit before he wins. Maybe that'll uh, change him a little bit. But, Sal, how do you see this fight going, and who's your uh, official predicting prediction? Well, my my, uh, I'll tell you what. That was a great breakdown. And uh, I'll tell you what I like about a 31-year-old. Yes, he, he still has a lot of horsepower left, but he's got – the life experience he's got the ring experience and he knows his limitations and he knows what he can call on upon his body and mind he's been in the trenches he's been in some fights that he he will will be in familiar territory not happening for the first time so i i like that all in his corner no pun intended that he will bring to this fight along with the hometown uh, advantage, along with the fans, along with uh, pride, along with a, a new birth of a, of a child. Um, he's got a lot to live for, a lot to fight for. And uh, those are all the, the, the attributes and all the facets that this guy's going to enter the ring with. And, you know, do not be surprised if there is an upset with him winning this fight. But on the other hand, you're going to have a young, bold, uh, fearless warrior in Javante Davis, who again is confident, willing to come to someone's backyard because he knows he has in his heart of hearts he, his his ability, his skill, his power to uh, face anybody. Plus, he has Mayweather, so so you're gonna see this fierce young lion who hasn't tasted any defeat or anything like that yet, going in someone else's backyard. And I do pick Javante Davis to win. But I will also say with uh, Ion, do not be surprised if there's an upset and we have uh, Walsh winning. Yeah, hey, upset. I hope I hope you're right. And and not because I don't like Davis. I, I no. think that maybe that could help him 
And this is where the misconception is with a lot of young boxing fans out there today. A loss doesn't necessarily hurt uh, a fighter. Sometimes it's it's the best thing for them. Uh, other fighters, not so much. I mean, it all depends on the fighter. Now, uh, a fight that I'm looking forward to because I love watching him fight is Terrence Crawford against Felix Diaz. Um, Terrence Crawford, I got some uh, quotes, some final press conference quotes. Terrence Crawford said, I'm excited to be fighting in the Garden's main arena and following in the steps of great fighters, legends, if you will. He says, I'm proud to continue this tradition. I don't feel any pressure fighting at the Garden. The ring, no matter where it is, always feels like home to me. I just keep winning. Uh, if I uh, keep winning, then the opportunities for me will get even bigger and uh, the big fights will present themselves. But this is really a big fight to me. Diaz is a worthy challenger, and if you can't bring uh, just any fight to the garden, he says he's a worthy challenger and you can't just bring any fight to the garden. Uh, I didn't get this far without winning. I'm ready for the uh, any opportunities at 140 or 147, he says. Uh, I want to put on a show for everyone Saturday, and I will make a statement. Uh, Felix Diaz says, I'm up for the challenge. I really believe this will be a war on Saturday night. I'm going to have massive support from my fellow Dominicans. I got a great chance of winning this fight. I see a lot of weaknesses in his game that I know I can take advantage of. He's one of the best, but I have fought uh, at welterweight, and he hasn't. Uh, I believe I have the power to hurt him. I'm used to coming in as an underdog. I've done it my whole career. Um, first and foremost, I, I look at these two quotes, Sal, and I see Terrence Crawford underestimating Diaz, and I see Diaz just happy to be there. I, you know, I, I'm reading in between the lines a lot with yeah. these quotes, and they're trying to be respectful and stuff, but I can't help but see that Felix Diaz just is, is acting like he's happy to be there. And uh, Terrence Crawford is just, uh, you know, going through another step in the process. Uh, before I do the breakdown, what's your thoughts on the on the quotes? Exactly what you said. Diaz is just glad to have this opportunity to fight in one of the greatest legendary uh, uh, arenas, uh, Madison Square Garden, along with a, a notable world champion that uh, that uh, has has proven to be the, uh, a commodity worth betting on. And um, so he's going to go in as the underdog, but don't put it past his ability to pull an upset here too. Crawford, he's glad to be there as well. He's got the skill. He's got the ability. Um, and he certainly would be the favorite to win. But uh, just like we looked at uh, Davis and Walsh, do not be too surprised if the underdog winds up being the victor uh, I don't think Crawford's going to lose I think he's too smooth too polished and he knows what's at stake I think he'll collect his thoughts and his confidence and his fists will do the talking his defense will be superior and uh, Davis is going to try he's going to make it a good fight and uh, you'll see some good exchanges but in the end I will pick Crawford but again I have to say don't be surprised if there is an upset. Well, my breakdown and predictions are as follows. Felix Diaz, uh, 33 years old. He's four years older than Terrence Crawford. Um, he's uh, ranked at number 16 in the world at welterweight. He is going in uh, the bigger fighter weight-wise and build-wise. He's a southpaw. Um, you know, he is giving up three inches in height and three inches in reach. He's got a record of 19-1 and one with uh, nine knockouts. 
So even though he's been in with the bigger guys, it's not like he's knocking them all out. And uh, Terrence Crawford has shown that he can uh, take a punch, and he certainly can deliver a punch. Um, you know, I, Felix Diaz, when I look at his record, um, I see, uh, beginning in 2014, Emmanuel Larte, uh, Adrian Granados, uh, Gabe Brasario, uh, Lamont Peterson, and Sammy Vasquez, all big-time opponents that he won, except for the controversial majority decision loss against Lamont, you dummy, Peterson, um, which he could very well be a 20 uh, and oh, with nine knockouts. Uh, that's the only fight that uh, he's lost. So he has fought some tough opposition. Uh, he will have uh, some fans in, in attendance, but he steps in with, uh, a, in my opinion, a pound for pound fighter in Terrence Crawford. He's ranked number one as a junior uh, welterweight. He's currently the WBC and WBO World Junior Welterweight Champion. I don't think anybody uh, recognizes anyone more of the Junior Welterweight Champion than Terrence Crawford. Uh, he's also a former World Lightweight Champion. When you look at uh, Terrence Crawford, uh, what amazes me about this guy is uh, you got to go all the way back to 2013 when he fought Breedis Prescott. He was brought in as the opponent uh, and won. Then he was brought in as the opponent against uh, Alejandro Santabria. Uh, and won. He was brought in as a co an opponent against uh, Andre Kilimov and won. Uh, he got a shot at a world title against Ricky Burns in Scotland as the opponent and won the title. That's when the lights went off and everybody's head and said, wait a minute. Hold on there, Baba Louie. Maybe we have a good fighter here. And all of a sudden, Terrence Crawford became the A-side. And he followed that up with wins over Yoriorka Scamboa, Ramondo Beltran, Thomas DeLorme, uh, Derry Jean, uh, Hank Lundy. Then he, moved, uh, then he fought uh, Victor Postal and John Molina. Uh, all fantastic wins. This guy has it all. Uh, he can box. He engages. Uh, he's got great footwork. He's got great defense. He's got pop. Uh, what else can I say? I'm picking Terrence Crawford in this fight. I don't see this fight going to the final bell. As much as uh, uh, there is a possibility that that uh, Felix Diaz catches him, I just don't find it likely. Uh, I'm picking uh, uh, Terrence Crawford uh, in this fight, and and I and I believe it's it's going to be a typical Terrence Crawford fight. He's going to uh, uh, start off a little cautious. Uh, give Felix Diaz a, a couple of rounds, and then he's going to lower the boom. Uh, a couple other fights here I want to mention that are uh, important this weekend that I'm not going to break down, but I am going to give you my predictions. Uh, Gary Russell Jr. is defending his uh, featherweight title against Oscar Escondon. You know, Gary Russell Jr., uh, his loss against uh, Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, Gary Russell Jr. is a, is a guy that I, I like. He's flashy. He's got hand speed. Um, but I think he's been overprotected big time. And, um, I, you know, I think this fight kind of shows it. I mean, no disrespect to Escondon, but he's not a, an A-level fighter. And he's going to give Gary Russell some trouble. I don't think that this is going to be an easy fight for Gary Russell, although I am picking uh, Russell to win this fight uh, based on his pure boxing ability. But don't be surprised if Escondon um, upsets the apple cart here. Uh, but I am officially picking Gary Russell. What's your official pick on this one, Sal? Yeah, I think Gary Russell should uh, should be able to handle Escadon on, on on this level. But you know what? We we could have a trifecta of upsets. You never know. Yeah, well, that but, would be that would be nice. Um, now these next two fights I'm going to pick 
are actually, in my opinion, um, the best matched fights and, and could be really, uh, I mean, Javante Davis, Leon Walsh does have the potential. I mean, Walsh is a good fighter. I mean, he does have the potential of beating Davis because Davis is, you know, his ego is, is taken. He's overconfident. He's overconfident. And you can't be overconfident fighting a quality fighter like Leon Walsh in his backyard. So that could be a legitimate upset. But these next two fights, I really have as 50-50 fights. The first one okay. is uh, Jose, a usual guy, uh, going up against Andre Durrell. I've never been a big fan, and this is uh, for an interim super middleweight title. I've never been a huge fan of the, the Durrell brothers, although it's a great story and everything else. Um, I uh, I just think that you know they've been overprotected and... Um, uh, you know, some fights that they cried that they got robbed. I, I, I'm not so sure. I, this user guy is a is a power puncher. Uh, Durrell is a, a good boxer that likes to, you know, break down his opponents. I think this is a really good matchup. A lot of people aren't giving user guy much of a chance. I am. Uh, my official prediction in this fight is I think that Andre Durrell is going to get knocked out. I think that he's going to... Uh, uh, outbox uh, Usual Guy for the first part of this fight, but I think Usual Guy is going to come back and uh, stop Andre Durrell. This is actually my upset, uh, my my predicted upset of the week. Sal, what's your prediction in this fight? Ah, boy, I'll tell you, this is a good one. I, you know, we, we're gonna be seeing some nice fights this weekend. I can't believe it. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna go with Durrell. I mean, Durrell is the, the, the favorite, and Durrell should yeah. win the fight. I just he have should. this funny feeling. You know, I just don't think he's busy enough, and I think guy, although the, he, he's he's a power puncher, and uh, I just think it's his time. I, I, I just have this funny feeling. Um, right. The other fight that uh, I, I wanted to talk about real quick was David Benitez against uh, Porky Medina. Porky Medina is a good fighter. David Men, uh, Men, uh, Benavidez is a fighter that a lot of people have high hopes for and have put him on a plateau, but he's never faced a guy like Porky Medina. This is another one of these fights that I think is a 50-50 fight. It's also an elimination fight in the super middleweight division. At the end of the day, I'm picking Benavidez. I think that this will, could be and should be his uh, step-up fight, meaning this is the fight that says, okay, I am legit. Um, it's my coming out fight, and it's one of those defining fights. Porky Medina is an upset machine. Uh, he's done it before, and he thinks he's going to do it again. Uh, he's been quoted as saying, hey, no disrespect for, to Benavidez, but who's he fought? And Porky Medina's got a pretty good leg to stand on with that because he's fought uh, top guys, and Benavidez really hasn't. But in this case, once again, I'm going with the younger fighter. I'm picking Benavidez uh, in what might be the most exciting fight of the weekend. Sal, before we take a break, Who's your official pick? David Benavidez against Porky Medina. That's all, folks. I'm going to pick Porky. That's all, folks. You know, but uh, Porky Medina. Uh, it's a, you know what? That's a safe pick. And uh, again, you know, in, in at the Garden. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with that. But uh, anyway, some interesting fights. Now, listen, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to have Dax Khan join us. And we'll get his picks uh, on uh, on the fights and, of course, his thoughts on uh, some other stuff uh, and all of that 
uh, is uh, is coming up uh, in about, uh, I don't know, I'm going to predict uh, a couple of minutes here. Eh, I know, I know. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. Uh, glad uh, you're with us today. And speaking about being with us, uh, joining us right now uh, is uh, my main man, uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. How's everybody today? I'm doing well. And uh, Sal is, uh, you know, talking on the phone, doing all kinds of stuff, thinking we're not yes, watching. I him. Him. Yeah, I, I know. I do you like that? So you got to be careful, Dax. You never know when we're going to throw the camera on. You know, so if you're uh, scratching your butt you know, or something. Long story short, there was a show. If you ever watch that show, a uh, Shark Tank, somebody on there came up with this little gadget to put over your laptop camera, and to slide it over there, so this way uh, stuff like that doesn't happen. And they all shot it down. So. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's still available. Sal might need one of those. Might <laughs> yeah. need one. You know, it's so funny. Who comes into the pizzeria is the founder of Shark Tank when he comes really? on the island. Yeah, he comes in with a couple of other uh, fellow sharks. And what does he say? And what does he say? Hey, Starkist <laughs> Do doesn't need Starkist doesn't look for tuna with that taste good. Starkist looks for good taste or whatever. It's the other way around. <laughs> Charlie Tuna, right? Charlie Dark says. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Hey, doesn't want tuna with good taste. They want tuna that tastes good. Yeah, see, I told you I've become dyslexic. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, first and foremost, uh, Dax, uh, the big talk uh, earlier on the show and, and yesterday, I was shocked to hear it. I even te- I'll admit I reached out to Dax because uh, uh, I'm like, you know, Dax will let me know if, if this has been signed. I mean, the way they were talking about it, on uh, all the sports talk shows, uh, I'm talking about ESPN and, and stuff like that, was like this fight with, with McGregor and uh, Mayweather was already made. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, you know, and I knew that, that Mayweather's side didn't do it. And I reach out to Dax. I'm like, Dax, is this fight made? And Dax is like, nay, nay. Tell us your thoughts on uh, uh, what's going on with that whole situation, Dax. I don't even know if it's ever going to happen, to be honest with you. I, I don't think so. I, I, I don't I don't I just at, at, at this point in time, I think the the talk from Dana White and the way they're doing this continuously, I think that's their way of trying to beat Floyd out and try and sit there and you know, put him in a position where if he doesn't take the fight, uh, the fans are gonna kinda say, you know what, you're ducking, you're scared or whatever the word might wanna be, but I think it's gonna be a failed attempt. And if it does happen, uh, Floyd's gonna have to get paid a lot of money. But uh, I I wouldn't if it does, I would actually be disappointed it did because it's nothing but a black guy from the sport. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, that the fight will uh, will happen. I, I think this logistically, there's uh, uh, too many uh, too many issues going on. Um, let's jump to uh, some of the fights this weekend, Dax. Uh, first and foremost, Javante Davis against Leon Walsh. How do you see that one going? Well, you know, I like the kid. 
He's, um, you know, this one seems easy to pick, you know, and yet it's also the hardest pick of the week, in my opinion. Walsh is not known in the U.S., but he's faced a very wide array of very solid U.K. opponents, as you mentioned before, um, and they've helped him become very well-rounded. The guys over there are exactly what you talk about or hear all the time. They have, even though a lot of losing records, they're, they're, uh, they have a trade, boxing to trade. And people forget that uh, Liam Walsh is actually far high as uh, junior welterweight. So um, I think Walsh, who does have a win over uh, Scott Harrison, as you mentioned, the former heavyweight uh, featherweight champion, um, he has a win over uh, Andre Klimov, which is a very hard guy, even if you win, to look good against. Ask Terrence Crawford how hard it is to look good against uh, Klimov. Uh, Javante Davis hits hard. Yeah, he's built like a little tank, as you know the, uh, the moniker implies. The best name on his resume is Jose Pedraza. Um, I think maybe before then, the best resume on uh, Pedraza's name might have been Klimov, and he's the only guy I know who hasn't gotten better after facing Klimov. This comes down to how Davis fights. Does he try to fight off the ropes? Does he look for the uppercut continuously? Those punches that have uh, allowed him to get where he is. Most importantly, how does the 22-year-old deal with Floyd? Uh, talking, then the corner talking, and then all the UK fans screaming for Walsh. Um, you know, exactly what happens in this kid's head. Uh, you know, he doesn't seem like he's actually, um, as you stated, he's a little bit full of himself. Uh, the moment might overwhelm him. I lean towards him slightly, but you know something? I really won't be surprised if Walsh wins, especially because Davis's head is a little bit full of himself, and he's become more of a one or two trick pony. And uh, the opponents that Walsh has had in the different uh, variety and. Hey, uh, Sal, I, we're losing Dax here, um, but um, but I, I, how much of the mental part do you think is uh, going to go into this? It's going to be very, it's going to be extremely important. You know, a lot of guys, even very seasoned fighters, uh, you know, accomplished world champions have gone over to the UK and they've kind of folded in that environment. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, definitely. I, we, Sal and I were talking about that earlier. But Sal, do you think that, um, uh, that you know, not only the crowd, but if, if Walsh does start making it a rough night that uh, for Davis, does, does the Davis... Uh, is this a good opportunity for him to reach down and show us what he's made of, or do you think he uh, is susceptible to, to faltering under the pressure? He's never faced this before. No, but of course, like I said, this is a guy, a young, brash guy who hasn't tasted defeat, who in his mind is, is on a course for stardom. And he is going in someone's backyard, not even with the conception of what can happen. So he's going to be fearless. He's going to go in there. He's going to be looked at. Uh, he knows he's going, to, he's going to be in someone else's territory. But that's going to be the fuel for his fire. I know this because that's what it was for me. You go in there and you're going to say, I'm going to suck this up. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to show them all. It, it, it's a mindset. It's a heart thing. It's a mentality. So he's going to be brash and he's going to go in there like hits. He's the visitor, but he's going to own it. And that's what his mindset is. Now, whether it's true or not, and if, if uh, Walsh could tag him and get him hurt and do things and then everything else comes into play and he falls apart, ah, then maybe he wasn't, uh, maybe he wasn't uh, the mental giant as far as the elitist and as far as what he thinks he's, his confidence level is, and uh, he, he folds. I doubt that's going to happen because I think he, like I said, he's a young, brash, um, uh, tough kid who wants to go prove that he belongs on the world stage 
And uh, he's got his buddy Floyd right there to pat him on the back and to lift him up. So I think Javante Davis is going to face uh, uh, great, great things when he goes over there. And he's going to suck it up in a sense where he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's going over there to win, to be a victor. And I got to go with that name change again. And, uh, and, and he's going to pull it off. Dax, uh, an- another fight that's taking place this weekend, uh, Gary Russell Jr. against uh, Oscar uh, Escondon. And, and, you know, I, I, I know we probably haven't given enough attention to this fight this week uh, as we gotten, you know, we've gotten closer. We've talked mostly about the Davis Walsh and, and uh, Crawford Diaz fights. Is this fight going to be competitive? Uh, you know, I've seen conflicting opinions of it. I mean, Oscar Escondon is not a rollover, pushover type opponent. And I, I, I have my, my question marks about Gary Russell Jr. But for some reason in my mind, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's not going to be that competitive. Uh, what's your thoughts? You know, Eskidon has a deceiving record. Um, his two losses, the split decision with uh, Neo Marcimano was in Panama, you know, uh, Simano's home. Um, he, uh, he lost that decision to uh, Moises Flores, who's going to be facing Rigondeaux next. And Flores is a very good fighter. But Gary Russell's so darn fast. And um, the question here is, you know, can Eskidon make Russell go backwards? Gary Russell has never seemed to do well going backwards. Um, he's smaller than Russell is. Um, is he going to be able to jab himself jab his way in there and deal with the uh, that speed of Gary Russell Jr. And that's going to be the, um, you know, that's going to be the biggest hurdle for him to overcome. But I think that hand speed is going to be the major difference here, and that's why I'm going to pick Gary Russell Jr. officially. Um, another fight that we talked about, and, and you know, I'm not even sure. I don't think you and I have talked about this fight, but Jose guy against Andre Durrell, uh for another uh, interim belt, which is just what we need. I like the kid in this one, even though he might be uh, biting off more than he can chew. What's your thoughts on this fight? I, I alluded to this slightly on uh, Monday. Um, you know, Jose Yuzukatui against Andre Durrell is slightly less than appealing. Neither have done anything really worth speaking of. Um, Durrell, the last time he did anything where he was of relevance was back in the Super 6, and we all know how that ended. Um, Uzuka Dewey, though, uh, you know, he's limited. He is a hard puncher, but, you know, his boxing isn't exactly what I would call world class. Andre Durrell is, um, has better uh, hand and foot movement. I think that's going to kind of get him to win. But as we've seen in the past with Durrell, do not be surprised if Uzuka Dewey, if he hurts Durrell and he gets him kind of questioning himself, all of a sudden Andre Durrell folds, and then we see him get stopped. And I think if he comes out fast, and he goes at, uh, jumps right on Durrell. Uzukadui has a very good chance of winning this. So it's a 50-50 fight. It's Andre Durrell's to lose. Um, over, uh, we have uh, at Madison Square Garden, uh, David Benavidez. Uh, I'm sorry, that's, uh, uh, that's a different event. But uh, David Benavidez uh, against Porky Medina. It's a, it's a tough one. I mean, David Benavidez is a, is a young fighter coming up. Uh, a lot of people uh, wanted him to get uh, uh, a shot. This is an elimination. Uh, Porky Medina's been around a, a while. He's fought some tough opposition. He's he's won and lost them. You know, uh, uh, he's the veteran, but he's no slouch. Uh, how do you see this one going? And 
David Benavides is a big kid. He's a he's a big super middleweight. Remember, this kid has fought highest cruiserweight in the past. Uh, this fight reminds me very much of when um, Porky Medina took on Gilberto Ramirez, the current WBO champion, back when Ramirez uh, was a 20-year-old prospect, uh, not much older than Benavides, or maybe they're the same age. It's been a long time since Medina's been in against a top name, let alone somebody with the power of this kid. Unless Medina can take him deep, uh, remember, Benavides has only gone 10 once, and that was against um, a B-level Dennis Duglin. He did end up getting a stoppage. Um, if he does take him deep, will his experience against guys like Badu Jack, Yuri Boy Campus, and uh, James DeGal? And remember, he did expose Jay Leon Love, uh, who was a hot prospect at the time. I, you know, I'm going to pick Benav- uh, Benavides officially, but don't be surprised if uh, Porky Medina flips the scripts and uh, takes the win in this one. He's never a guy who shows up just for the check. No, and that's what I like about him. He uh, he's not there just for the payday. He does. You're always gonna get uh, your uh, uh, your all with him. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, and finally, uh, the fight uh, over on HBO out of Madison Square Garden, uh, Terrence Crawford against Felix Diaz. Um, I love Terrence Crawford. You know that, and uh, I think he's a pound for pound fighter. There's everything about his game I like. Uh, I like Terrence Crawford in and out of the ring. Uh, he's a great ambassador to the sport of boxing. But Sal and I were talking, and I read the final press uh, conference quotes, and I'm reading between the lines, and it sounds to me, and, and this is just an assumption, and you know what they say about assuming, but it sounds to me that Terrence Crawford is kind of taken lightly this fight he's he's looking ahead he, he throws in that he'll look for 147 pound opportunities and uh diaz uh, you know he seems like he's just happy to be there is this going to be a competitive fight or are we going to see terrence crawford do what he does you know uh come out a little cautious for the first four or five rounds and then lower the boom Diaz is a very solid boxer. Um, he's a legitimate threat to just about anybody at welterweight or junior welterweight. But um, the thing with Terrence Crawford is that ability to switch up. Even though he's an orthodox fighter, Terrence Crawford is phenomenal once he switches into that southpaw stance. And that is going to totally eliminate the uh, southpaw advantage here for Diaz. You know, a southpaw against an orthodox fighter, you know, always makes uh, for a little bit uh, difficulties there. And um, even though Diaz was cheated against Lamont Peterson, in my opinion, he's never faced anybody near, including Lamont Peterson, close to the skill set and power of Terrence Crawford. Uh, Despite Diaz looking well early on, Terrence Crawford's going to win this one late, and he might even win it early on. Um, Felix Diaz, he's been talking a lot. Um, he hasn't been exactly the most respectable. Terrence Crawford, a great kid, but he does have a mean streak in him. Uh, we, we know that, and we've seen that in a lot of fights. So, you know, Terrence Crawford, I'm going to, you know, take this, you know, officially without question. It's just uh, he'll, he'll decide when he's going to end it. And uh, more uh, Diaz speaks up until fight night, the sooner it's going to happen. Hey, Sal, yep. I uh, have seen many, many times with fighters that, you know, the, the, the term – we need to go rounds uh, is brought up with, with a team, you know, prior to a fight. And, um, you know, I, I, they get into a fight, and, and what Dax just said, I'm, uh, you know, he jogged my memory, which is <clears throat> needs to be slapped around a bit. But he says, uh, you know, and, and the, the thing is, is, 
you know, um, when fighters think that they can take somebody out or know they can take somebody out at any time, it's their decision, et cetera, et cetera, which I agree with Dax on, on the Terrence Crawford situation. But sometimes when you don't take care of business as quickly as you should, you're susceptible to getting caught, and I've seen it uh, on ESPN. I heard it. A, a corner of the guy's going, well, you know what? You need to get some rounds in. Next thing you know, bam, the guy's knocked out, and that was the end. Uh, it was... Uh, um, who was it, Saddam, Saddam Ali or something? But anyway, um, should fighters do that, or should they take care of business as soon as possible? Oh, uh, boy, I couldn't say this unless I was guilty of this, and I was guilty of it. Um, I, You know, it's so funny. They should take care of business. Now that when you go in and you know you're going to be able to handle it, you just you just have that feeling. This guy's not on your level and uh can he be dangerous yeah anybody could be give beaten any given night you never know um there's not a layover or a layup um but i think you know you get the work in you get one two three rounds in keep in control only a fighter can feel and be astute enough to to know uh you know to be able to avoid the punches and, and come back and, and, and do things. Uh, I think they should take care of business. And um, I, I think, you know, they, they need to, uh, you know, feel out their their opponent one or two rounds, but uh, they're capable of knocking them out. You know, don't don't take a chance. Go in there and, and end the fight because there are some different variables that the next round could bring your way that you didn't expect. No, I agree. I, I think fighters need to – to do what they got to do. I think in Terrence Crawford's case, Dax, that he just feels out his opponents and, and gets his distance all set, and then he lowers the boom. But, uh, Dax, what's your thoughts on this whole Cotto situation? Now we've got these fights out of the way. I mean, Miguel Cotto uh, reportedly uh, broke ties with uh, Rock Nation, still had the one fight left of his $50 million contract. Seems to me that uh, the $50 million was, uh, you know, mainly for the uh, for the Canelo Alvarez fight, which he lost, and the guy's been out of the ring. He's he's number two diva in the sport. Um, I, my hang up, like I said earlier, is just not honoring a contract. I, I feel that too often these fighters, specifically, uh, sign deals, and and it's you know everybody's always feeling sorry for the fighter. Oh, the fighter's been taken advantage of, but I, I think that that trend is reversed and. And there's no repercussions. Even Canelo Alvarez, who um, uh, you know lost his his case against his previous promoter, still hasn't paid. What, what's your thoughts on this uh, uh, Cotto situation? Well, first of all, the surprising thing is not Cotto and Rock Nation breaking ties. The surprising thing is Cotto ever signing a contract with Rock Nation in the first place. But anyhow. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. It's become more common nowadays. And um, Rock Nation's biggest name, their star, Andre Ward, is another guy who has done this in the past. Now, also, what you're going to see here is, you know, Rock Nation, other than Brigandau, who is going to be on the undercard of Ward against Kovalev, which kind of maybe seems, you know what, maybe they knew that this uh, Kodo uh, parting of ways was going to happen and because Rigandau really he hasn't gotten a big fight in a long time he's been fighting overseas now all of a sudden he's on the undercard of a major pay-per-view uh, now you have a Riaz I think they have Maurice Hooker, uh, Tyler McCreary uh, Sonny Fredrickson um, 
Wellington Romero, and then they have Andre Ward. What's going to happen here is because of that lack of talent pool, Andre Ward, once he knows that he is the man they all depend on if they want to stay in the boxing business, all of a sudden you know something, Andre Ward is going to be the guy who that whole company surrounded uh, to, and then well, he's going to be calling the shots for everything. Watch and see that happen. And Miguel Cotto, the last time he really fought a true, other than Canelo, who I think carried Cotto a little bit, a true prime opponent was Joshua Claudi back in 2009, even both the title wins at 154 pounds, and at uh, the last win he got over a prime opponent was 2009. I forgot, he did lose to Austin Trout. Uh, you know, his two uh, belts at middleweight and junior middleweight were both underneath the limit. Both were injured uh, fighters, so you know something? And with the attitude, I'm really not sorry to see Miguel Cotto go. He's had a great career. He's put on a lot of exciting moments, but it's time for some new blood. We don't need the attitude in the sport. We have too many of them as it is. I agree. Dax, any final thoughts on uh, the fights for this weekend or uh, any of the top news? Yeah, you know, the fights this weekend, you know, what, what I don't understand and what frustrates me is not only here listening to you and Sal all week, but, you know, a lot of the other sites and stuff like that. Nobody has spoken about the other fights that are going to be great. You know, you got uh, Rancis Bartholomew uh, stepping up against uh, Relica. Um, we also have the fights over in Japan, you know, uh, Has, uh, Hassan Endam taking out uh, Ryota Marura for a WBA regular middleweight title who uh, used that used to belong to Daniel Jacobs. Um, you know, Gannigan Lopez against Ken Shiro, uh, Juan Hernandez and Navarati against Diego Hiaga. Uh, uh, you have um, Tanaka versus Angela Costa um, over in Poland. You uh, spoke s uh, slightly about the No Gever and Christoph Lodzak fight. You know, there's uh, uh, Naoya Nui against Ricardo Rodriguez, uh, Kuri uh, Yagasha against uh, Milan Melindo. There's a lot of great fights this weekend, and to be honest with you, other than the Terrence Crawford fight, the best action this week is taking place over in Japan. Yeah, that's a tough fight. Um, uh, that's the Hassam Nadam fight. And, uh, you know, that, that fight, what turned me off, and I guess it wasn't fair to the two fighters, but what turned me off is, you know, the WBA elevated Hassam Nadam to the champion. He was an interim champion, which they've been promising us that they were going to get rid of all the interim belts. And then they elevate him to regular champion and oh by no, the way no 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 they didn't this is this is for the vacant regular title this, that title's vacant the title was vacated with uh with with triple g when triple g uh beat um what's his name it, it, uh, it's still vacant they this, i read this, this i read that they i read fight. that they changed it that they've changed that they've given him the title as title holder not interim anymore Really? I, yeah. I, I must have missed that. Yeah, I no. I, they elevated him uh, to regular champion. He's now being classified as the regular champion defending his title because that's their way of saying they got rid of another interim belt. So, uh, you know, so but the, but the point is, my whole point is this should have been a belt. I mean, Triple G... Uh, uh, beat Daniel Jacobs. Jacobs had the regular WBA title. And then what was the sense of fighting Triple G? Triple G already had their super title. You know, it's BS. I can't stand it. Well, what happens is with these super champions is they misplace their cape. Yeah. So they have to have the regular champion. How can you be a super champion without the cape? No. And from what I understand is a lot of these guys refuse to go out to the ring wearing the tights. 
Yeah. <laughs> but they all come out with the pound in their chest, you know. So uh, uh, anyway, hey, Dax, appreciate your insight. And uh, we'll look forward uh, uh, to uh, next week on your thoughts with the, uh, the fights themselves. And Monday, oh, and that card in Poland, just uh, so everybody knows, I'll look around on Facebook. From what I understand, that's going to be streamed live on Facebook tomorrow. Sounds good. Okay. Dax, we'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, everybody, enjoy your day. Take uh, care, Dax. That's uh, Dax Khan uh, giving us his uh, thoughts. And uh, i tell you what, Sal, this is right up your alley. I'm going to take a short break. But yes. before I go, I'm going to leave you with some news. Um, okay. The Javante Davis Leon Walsh fight. Obviously, it's taking place in England, so uh, they are uh, ahead of us time wise. So it's way in time. And Javante Davis has uh, stepped on the scale and has not made weight. He is overweight. <laughs> uh, wow. He does have two hours to uh, make weight. Curious to see what happens. Hold yes. your thoughts, because I know you, you, you. I know I could see the smoke coming from. Uh -oh. Uh oh, if you take your headset off, I'm sure the smoke's coming out of your ears. We are going to take a short break, and uh, when we come back, uh, Sal will give us his thoughts on that, and we'll give you our final thoughts on this whole uh, Conor McGregor, uh, Floyd Mayweather uh, signing. Uh, we'll be back uh, in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show, and um, I'm here with uh, my man uh, uh, Sal Rocky uh, Senecola. And uh, Sal, um, you know, just before we went to break, we were talking about Javante Davis uh, stepping on a scale and being uh, slightly overweight for his uh, showdown fight, his championship fight with uh, Javante Davis and uh, some of the comments in the chat room already are oh this is a typical Floyd move uh, he'll pay the extra money blah 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 but but that's not so easy because he's actually the world champion and championship rules state that if a champion does not make weight it's not just an issue of of forking over some money he loses his title on the scale and you know then leon walsh would be in position to be the guy if he wins the fight to become the title holder if he loses the title becomes vacant uh what's your thoughts and by the way he was uh less than three ounces overweight so he probably can lose that in in the next two hours but uh what's your thoughts on uh, you know just pure lack of discipline or could there have been a, a, you know a variation in the scale i've seen that many many times where uh uh, fighters and trainers bring a scale and they're, they're fighting and, and weighing themselves on that scale and they're, they feel everything's great. They step on the official scale and, and it's different than theirs. I mean, that's always an issue as well. Yeah, absolutely. For my 14th birthday, my father bought me a medical scale <laughs> that I still have. And uh, that's why I never failed weight. And I had a little portable scale that I that I uh, calculated 
would be pretty much dead on that I used to bring with me to all my fights, all my wrestling matches, this and that. So I knew where I was. And that's why I never failed at making weight. And three ounces is nothing. In two hours, uh, he he uh, he should be right on weight within the hour. So you know, it could be just a the differential between uh, whatever scale he thought he was using, and, and uh, a quarter pound is not that big of a deal to lose in two hours. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. But again, you know, it, it, he should have compensated for that, so it doesn't have to be. But it adds to the drama, and you know, hey, big deal. It's going to be what it is. But he'll make weight. He'll make it. Yeah, well, I I agree with you. I agree with you on that. So, you know, we've talked a lot about this farce of a fight yes. between uh, yes. Conor McGregor, potential fight between Conor McGregor and, and Floyd Mayweather. You know, my, my thoughts on this have not changed from day one. No. If it's an exhibition, I'm all for it. If it counts as Floyd's 50th win, I, I think it's a travesty because inside a, a boxing ring, despite... Conor McGregor's punching power, if he even has any, or, or you know, his brawling, his, his whatever his, his assets are, is not going to matter because Floyd Mayweather is too good of a boxer, uh, especially against a one-dimensional fighter like what I'm assuming Conor McGregor is. I've seen some footage of him sparring. Um, I, it's just not going to be a competitive fight, and I think most people will believe that now whether they buy it or not is a whole nother story they may buy it for the entertainment value which i can't even see it being entertaining you know watching floyd run and and pick a shot here and there and and control the ring in a boring fashion much like you know most of his fights are uh i just don't uh, i just don't see a value um in this fight and, and then when you add all of the other tangibles uh a la you know, if they come to a financial agreement with Floyd, a la if a commission will uh, sanction the fight, you know, a la if it will be an exhibition or not. I mean, all these things uh, to me equate to this fight just not happening. I think talking about the fight keeps Floyd's name in the limelight, helps any of his other fighters like Javonta Davis, and it also helps uh, Conor McGregor and Dana White and Dana White's UFC. What, what's your thoughts on uh, all these issues? A lot of issues and you know one of my coin favorite sayings is this just appears to be a lot of the fluff without the stuff and uh, I think this is all part of the massaging of uh, the thought process here they're teasing of the fans and the marketing aspect of what we're gonna do here and how it's going to evolve and what is gonna be the final final uh, picture what it's gonna look like and if they do get together, I mean, there's so many ways that this could this could pan out. Maybe it's going to be an exhibition. Maybe they're going to do one round MMA, one round boxing. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't want to see it count as Floyd's 50th victory. That's for darn sure. And I, I really don't think there's any commission in the world that will sanction it to be so. Uh, I, I, I don't know what they're doing, but uh, they're getting the attention because we're talking about it every day. And and for whatever purposes, uh, you know, if it's a, if if it's if it does come out to be a fight, you're going to see a matador in with a bull, because you know you're going to see Conor McGregor uh, disregarding anything that Floyd's going to try to do, and and uh, don't don't be surprised if he's going to charge and just run and just flail away and almost like a backyard fight just to try and catch Floyd, 
I mean, he's going to be a bully like that. He could probably do that. And Floyd's going to be smooth and dancing and rolling his shoulders and hitting him, picking him apart. But Conor McGregor may not just do allow that to happen. And uh, he may just try to say, hey, I'm here. I'm going to charge like a bull, and I'm just going to flail away. I don't care what the end result is, but I'm going to be standing. You never know. You know, I heard I heard an interesting comment from Max Kellerman yesterday. And yes. he, he said, you know, how people are always talking about, you know, fighters having a good chin. Oh, he's got a good chin. He's got a good chin. And um, he said, you know, what makes a good chin is a good defensive fighter that doesn't get hit on it. And he said, so Floyd Mayweather has a good chin. And, you know, at first, when he first said it, I'm like, ah, oh, no, you know, Floyd doesn't have a good chin. But then after I let it, you know, sink in for a little bit, I think he's right. And the point that he was making was that as tough as Conor McGregor is, because a lot of people say, well, Conor McGregor, you know, in MMA, he takes shots, he can take punishment, and he walks through them and goes in and, and takes out his opponent. And his game plan, should they get in the ring, could very well be that. You know, walk That's through Floyd's uh, punches and get him to a point where he could try to land a lucky shot. But if Floyd is able to pick him apart like I know he can and, you know, hit him. You see, the, the, the big thing that I always complain about Canelo Alvarez is that he's not effective uh, landing punches while he's on the move. Floyd Mayweather is. He can pinpoint his shots while he's backing up and moving from side to side. And the shots that he will be landing on Conor McGregor, while Conor's trying to get into him, uh, are going to take its toll. I don't see this fight being competitive in, in the least bit way. If you want to give Conor McGregor a puncher's chance, I agree. You know, he's got a puncher's chance. In boxing, everybody that's got some power has a puncher's chance. But when you're fighting against a guy like Floyd Mayweather, who's made a career out of avoiding getting hit, and in my opinion, fights boring fights, but... It's because he's avoiding getting hit and he's not in, in a position to really inflict damage on his opponent. That's what we're going to see. We're going to see Floyd controlling the ring. We're going to see Floyd picking his shots. And as long as Floyd does not get greedy and try to go for the stoppage, we're going to see Floyd win a, 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 a decision. And then the whole issue of Conor McGregor even being able to go 12 rounds is a whole other issue. You know, whether the, maybe the fight's not even 12 rounds. Maybe they agree to a 10-round fight. I don't know. But, uh, but I don't see the fight being competitive at all. And I don't think that most people are going to want to see it. Uh, maybe for the circus fact. Maybe for the WWE factor. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I certainly hope it doesn't get signed, Sal. I, I really do. Because I think it, it's, a, it's a travesty for the sport of boxing. I believe you're right. And that's why I concur with what you're saying. But if this does get signed, and if it does materialize into a fight, uh, people are going to buy it because they've been talking about it. It's going to be the shock appeal. It's going to be the unknown result. It's going to be a lot of reasons people are going to buy it. Again, they're putting out the bait casting net, and people are going to be swimming underneath it, and they're going to be yanked right into the boat. And uh, I don't know why I use that analogy. I guess because I live by the water. But anyway, um, and I see it happening. And if it does get signed, sealed, they're going to deliver and you know what? I got to tell you something. Conor McGregor's only chance, only chance. Do you remember when uh, uh, we just saw that heavyweight championship fight and uh, and uh, Joshua came out and charged just in that one round when he dropped Kovalev? And it's like, Klitschko. wow. This, sorry? Klitschko. 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 Yes, thank you for the correction. 
got my K's mixed up. Anyway, so he came in and he just, you know, he, he just decided, okay, this is the round. The fight's over. I'm going to drop you. I'm going to come in. I'm going to see the only, or I'm going to give you a depiction. Conor McGregor's only chance to land anything is going to be when that bell first rings. Him coming out, as we saw Joshua, times 10. He's going to charge after after uh, Mayweather. He's not going to care what he's going to eat at punches. He's just going to go right from the stool, and he's going to go right from the corner, and he's going to charge, wade through anything. I don't care if he has to get physical, throw Floyd into the corner, and he's just going to flail away. That's the only way. That's what I see happening on McGregor's term. And otherwise, Floyd's going to be the matador. He's going to move. He's going to roll those shoulders. He's going to pick them apart. McGregor is not going to let that happen. He's going to try and charge like a bull, flail away, do what he's got to do, and uh, and be physical against Floyd. That's his only way to win. That's his only way to get lucky, and that's what he's going to do. He's, that's his game plan. He's got, he's got a better chance of hitting the lotto. Uh, with luck, uh, Floyd Mayweather will pick him apart, and Floyd Mayweather will know that Conor McGregor will be charging him. So uh, this is all in Floyd's favor. There, there's yeah. there's nothing unless somebody, you know, unless there's a sniper in the stands and they shoot Mayweather, he's not going to, uh, he, he's not going to, uh, Conor, and listen, nobody will be rooting for, for Floyd to get knocked out more than me only because I, I can't stand the cherry picking um, especially if this is for his 50th fight, but, um, you know, 50th win. But I don't even see the fight happening. I think logistically there's, there's too much, uh, and and the, the commission that approves it will be under fire. But uh, Oh, yeah. No, any, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Any, anyway, we got our trivia question. Now, I, I want to point something out. I've gotten a couple of uh, uh, messages and emails about the previous trivia question and what the answer was. Well, I've purposely not given given you the answer because i'm going to ask it again all right um normally i do give out the answers when we stump you guys but not this time because i was uh harassed so much i won't mention any names but his initials are kevin and he's in the chat room right now i was in uh, harassed so much uh about bringing the trivia question back that uh i'm gonna bring that one back again but we got another one now, I want to thank everybody that sent uh, uh, their answers. We, we haven't gotten a correct answer, but these answers were all great. And uh, some of them uh, actually uh, were, were pretty surprising that they weren't the right answer. Uh, a la a fight between uh, Tommy Hearns and Roberto Duran seems to be one of the most popular answers that you guys have sent. Uh, and um, I uh, would agree that uh, that was a huge height difference, but not the correct one. What's the question? Well, here it is. The question is, and I want to thank my man Henry for uh, sending us this question. Uh, he's, the question is, what is the biggest height difference between uh, two men in the same division for a world title fight, excluding the heavyweight division? So excluding the heavyweight division, what is the biggest height difference between two men in the same division for a world title fight. If you know this answer and you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. You'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Uh, I will ask you, Sal, 
if you've been able to uh, uh, find the answer to this, uh, what is the biggest difference between two men in the same division for a world title fight, uh, excluding the heavyweight division? Uh, my canned answer is not applicable. But uh, the, uh, I, I mean, what was the difference between Alexis Arguello and uh, Bumbo Mancini? I don't know. Uh, uh, I would think Tommy Hearns has to be one of the fighters there. Uh, I, other than that, I, I really, I'm at a loss. This is a pretty good question. Uh, uh, thank you, Henry. All right. So uh, there you have it. Uh, Sal can't help none of you guys out. So the question oh, is, if you're the, if you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, with the answer to this question, which is, uh, excluding, that means not counting for all you people out there, <laughs> excluding the heavyweight division, uh, what is the biggest height difference between two men uh, in the same division fighting for a world title? If you know this answer and you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win the, your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. On this day... May 19th in boxing history, in 1985, Wilfredo Gomez wins a 15-round decision over Rocky Lockridge to win the WBA World Junior Lightweight title that took place in Puerto Rico. On this day in 1972, Clem Clemente Sanchez knocks out Cuniaca Shibata in the third round to win the WBC World Featherweight title, and that took place in Tokyo. On this day in 1952, Yoshiro Shirari wins a 15-round decision over Dado Marino uh, to win the World Flyweight title, and that took place in Tokyo, uh, Japan as well. On this day in 1984, Francisco Juarez knocks out Lupi Madara in the ninth round to win the WBA World Junior Flyweight title, and that took place in Venezuela. On this day in 1967, Curtis Cox knocks out uh, Francois Pavilia in the 10th round to retain his WBC and his WBA World Welterweight titles, and that took place in Dallas, Texas. And finally, on this day, May 19th in 1909, the late, great Jack Johnson retains the World Heavyweight title as a result of a six-round draw with Philadelphia Jack O'Brien in their fight that took place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And that's what took place on this day, uh, May 19th, in boxing history. Uh, Sal, make sure you uh, watch the fights this weekend. Oh, yeah. And uh, I uh, am sure that uh, we'll have a lot to talk about on Monday. And for everyone else, I hope you guys uh, enjoy the fights this weekend and try to watch as many as you can. And uh, make sure that you tune in Monday morning, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, until then, I'm laughing because my, 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 I swear to God, I swear to God, he knows he's getting ready to listen to the kazoo. But uh, make sure you turn. I'm giving you that. I'm like your dog. I'm trained. That's why I said it. I'll tell you the truth. It's, it's, it's great stuff. But uh, make sure you tune in Monday morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.